Welcome to Dairy Intelligent, a podcast by VES Artex, a turntide company. Together, we will meet dairy industry intellects and passionate dairy producers to discuss all things cows and connected technologies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of VES Artex's podcast, Dairy Intelligent. I'm your host, Annie, and today I'm joined by Peter Manicky, Territory Sales Manager for Europe, Middle East, and Africa at VES Artex. So simply put, if your cows are experiencing heat stress, your production, reproduction, cow flow, and in turn your bottom line are going to suffer. Today we will discuss how heat stress occurs in a barn, how to monitor your cow's behavior when the temperature is rising, and tangible heat abatement strategies to put in place to keep your herd cool and comfortable. So thank you so much for being with us today, Peter. Let's have you introduce yourself and give us some of your background. Thank you, Annie, and uh, thank you for inviting me to this podcast. My name is Peter Manneke, born and raised in the Netherlands. I joined Vietatex a couple of years ago. Prior to that, I worked for about 15 years for a well-known blue Swedish company, uh, dealing in milk extraction uh, mostly in a variety of roles, moving between a number of countries, um, at the moment, I'm working in more or less the same region, as you mentioned, um, EMEA, which is Europe, Middle East, Africa, where I worked before. Um, the difference is that rather than dealing with the front of the barn, I'm now focusing on the back of the barn. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. So let's start off. Um, so in simple terms, what is heat stress? Okay, so, well, heat stress is basically... Any combination of temperature, humidity, uh, radiation, wind producing conditions, which are higher than the animal's thermal neutral zone, which is roughly, depending on the breed of the cow, uh, anywhere between minus six to 18 degrees Celsius, plus that is, uh, or in the USA, uh, uh, 21 to 20 uh, to 65 degrees Fahrenheit, causing the animal's body temperature begin to rise. So as soon as the core body temperature goes beyond 39, uh, 39 and a half or roughly 103 degrees Fahrenheit, the cow experiences heat stress. So temperature humidity index or THI is a phrase often associated with heat stress. How is it calculated and what is the impact of it on lactating cows? Well, I looked at the formula and it's it's about, it's about half a sense of formula. It's it's a mathematical formula. So THI is 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 a well-known formula, uh, not just in the dairy business. It was actually initially developed for humans and then introduced into the studies related to animal thermal environments. It is a combination of temperature and humidity, basically, which is given a number on a, on a table. So where the y-axis will show you where to find the temperature, the x-axis or the horizontal will give you the relative humidity. So on this table, if the value is more than or equal to 68, then heat stress is felt by the cow. Well, we could expect that. So for example, um, with a, a temperature inside the barn of 26 degrees Celsius or roughly 79 Fahrenheit, with only 5% your humidity, you start to feel the heat stress and you hit the 68. On the other hand, 
with a temperature of barely 22 degrees Celsius or 72 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which we would regard as comfortable, but with a relative humidity of 45%, you're also at 68, the same THI table. The, the impact of heat stress, especially on lactating cows, can be huge. And this can cause a number of issues, some of which can be short-term, others take a longer time to recover from, uh, especially calves born from cows suffering from heat stress. Um, they will uh, feel the effect. I think that was a really good explanation and a really great way to set the scene for this conversation. So how does a cow's energy production compare to a human's? And how do they deal with it? Okay, um, a cow produces on average about 16% more energy than a human. Um, and they don't deal with heat very well, since they don't sweat as much as, for example, you and I do, or horses. Um, this means they need our help if you want healthy calves and cows. So while reducing, of course, milk loss to a minimum and keeping the milk quality high. Now, how does a cow's respiratory rate compare to other species? And does this affect how easily a cow could become heat stressed? Um, a, a cow has surprisingly small lungs, relatively, that is, at about a third of the size of, for example, a horse. But on the other hand, um, a cow needs about 250% or let's say two and a half times the amount of oxygen just standing still uh, to deal with, with, with the heat. So especially for high-yielding cows, it, that, this is a major challenge. What are some of the ways that cows can cool themselves, especially since they do have some of those, those challenges with smaller lungs and needing more oxygen? There are roughly three ways. Uh, heat is transferred off the cow, and, and they're pretty clever in, in finding ways to, to do this. Uh, the first one is confection of course, where, where heat's expelled through the respiratory system, um, through sweating, although sweating is not really very functional with, with cows, and extraments. So by drinking more, she will, um, she will lose more liquids. The second one is conduction. So heat is transferred from the cow to other materials, which the cow can be touching, such as the, the bedding or floor, uh, cubicles, posts, gates, you name it, anything which is cooler than the cow's body. The third is radiation, where heat is transferred into the environment uh, the cow normally is in. And this is normally, you know, looking for moving air, uh, wherever she can find it. So let's chat on some heat abatement strategies. What are some strategies that farmers can implement to assist with cooling their cows? Okay, so cows, um, they have a natural instinct to look for shade, give themselves cool. So shade coverings reduce infrared energy and direct heat exposure uh, while blocking harmful UV rays. So having proper building insulation is essential. Heat coming from a non-insulated roof can increase the temperature of the barn by as much as five to five and a half degrees Celsius. Um, the other thing is just like humans, uh, cows cool down when they're in front of a fan. Um, so aim the fan at the cow's bedding to encourage the cow to lay down in the bed. The industry standard for recommended airspeed uh, at the cow level is between one to two meters per second. In hot climates, this could even go up to three meters per second. 
the last one uh, is soaking. So soaking is a great method, cooling method to support cow's cooling by evaporation. And basically what we're doing is we help the sweat. Uh, so we, we all know that sweating really causes down and we all know that we know what it feels like when we're wet and it's cold. So yeah, soaking is a good method. Absolutely. So what are some behavior signs that cows often display that could show that they are experiencing heat stress and maybe could use some of those strategies that you mentioned earlier? Yeah, good question. Um, so normally when I enter a barn, uh, the first thing I do is I look at the high-yielding cows and I just count how many times uh, a minute she breathes. And you, so if you take 15 seconds on your watch and you count how many times the cow breathes in those 15 seconds, if it's more than... 60 times per minute, this is a pretty good indication that a cow is experiencing heat stress. Um, the farmer will notice that, you know, a cow will drink more. On average, a cow can consume up to, let's say, 150 liters a day. Uh, but on hot days, this can go up to 200 liters a day. Uh, other typical signs which you can see immediately is, is perching and early standing. Uh, that's where the cow prefers to stand up rather than lay down. And all she's trying to do is have air flow underneath her body, where she has some large blood vessels, uh, which are called better when she stands up. Then um, what you see cows are doing is stand in, in water or wet manure. Uh, another way for her to find relief, since blood vessels close to the hooves are right under the skin. And this, again, cools her body. Um, bunching. Uh, so grouping of cows... Um, so cows have this acute sense of the microclimate within the barn. And, and you will often see they're all grouping into a corner because there is less light there or less sunlight. Or it's a little cooler or there's a little bit more wind. But of course, this grouping or this bunching entirely defeats the purpose because they all stand together and they get warm from each other. But it's, it's, cow, it's the cow's natural instinct to, to group together when, when stress. So... Now I'd like to dive into some of the, the negative effects um, that cows can experience when they are under heat stress. So first and foremost, let's let's talk about milk production, which I think is usually thought of as taking the biggest hit when cows are under heat stress. Can you expand upon this? Yeah, so it's true that milk, the milk yield is probably the first noticeable indicator uh, on the system for heat stress. Um, a cow will use a fair portion of her energy to, to the vertical herself. But the yield is not the only, often even the worst thing that's affected. So the milk colostrum quality will be affected too. Uh, so milk solids, protein, fat will take a dive. In addition, um, it takes the solids longer to return normally than the yield does, especially if the heat stress is felt over like a couple of days. Another very important but often overlooked loss is um, is feed. So with cows suffering from heat stress, more feed is used to maintain her body and, and less to produce milk. So she uses a lot of her energy to, to battle this heat stress. And with high-yielding cows, this is noticeable, but with low-yielding cows, the percentage uh, of feed used for maintain, maintenance versus milk will be even greater, relatively. Um, besides the feed, um, we'll be reducing uh, um, uh, in quality, 
due to the hot weather. So it won't stay fresh for very long, uh, especially with soaking, where some of the feet will get wet. And with feed being one of the highest expenses on any given dairy farm, after labor that is, um, you can do the math yourself and see what a tremendous effect heat stress has on, on the financials. Speaking of financials, um, reproduction can also be extremely affected by heat stress. How does heat stress affect embryo development when clearly um, we need cows to be pregnant to continue to produce milk? Correct. As I mentioned earlier, when we talked about how energy is diverted from milk production to uh, battling heat stress, the same energy is diverted from the cow's uh, energy um, to support the embryo development. Uh, and this is especially seen in the first days. So from day one after conception, you see that the single cell and the four cell embryotic stages are the most susceptible, uh, susceptible to, to heat stress. Um, this is in the oviduct, but also the following days in the, in the urus, the risk is still there. So the first four days are critical. Um, a study has shown that one degree Celsius increase in the uterine temperature one day post-insemination can reduce the conception rate by as much as 7%. So a cow's reproductive abilities are influenced beginning at 39. And anything beyond that is, is damage. Now, what about cows that are in the transition period? What is the impact there? So a dry cow in, in heat stress can have detrimental effects on the young bone calf, um, often due to shortened gestation. Uh, the calf may seem okay after birth, um, but soon you'll see that it's more receptive to disease and illness. Uh, growth will be slower, and if it does make to adulthood, the performance will be substantially less than what you may expect of a, of a healthy calf or cow. Uh, studies have shown that this can affect even the second or third generation uh, of this of this calf. So a cow being assimilated during heat stress is also more likely to have twins, which is not ideal. Uh, and just as with sperm cells, where it's the fittest cell that makes it, a cow has a number of eggs, and with a healthy cow, the most dominant egg will be released. With cows uh, so from heat stress, there is no dominant egg. And as a result, a couple of average eggs are released, which in turn causes twinning. Now, you were talking a little bit about how the effect can really last generations of calves. So can you expand upon that a little bit more on what the impact of cow flow in the herd is that is influenced by heat stress? Yeah, so apart from the, the effect it has on, on cows, which are born from mothers suffering from heat stress, uh, there's an entire study done on how, uh, and it is, it's fascinating, but it, it's a little hard to explain with our graphs. But what it boils down to is that during the hot summer month, without sufficient heat abatement systems in place, the, the following is likely to happen. So first of all, cows won't show heat very well. So when it's too hot, we won't know when to inseminate them. Uh, but in the event you were able to successfully inseminate, cows will have a higher chance of miscarriage due to the heat, which was mentioned earlier. So as a result, the winter season will have the highest conception rate. Um, this creates a, a gap of you know, roughly four to five months where less cows will be born. 
And as a result, those cows will be born in the remaining seven to eight months in the year. And if this is not stopped in time, this cyclical calving or freshening pattern will continue and become more acute. And the farm will continue to experience a strain on their resources and capital, of course. Now, the influences of heat stress will persist on this dairy farm if they, if they don't address it. Um, fluctuating calving and refreshing rates limit dairy's resources and can compound over time. Uh, and this can have a very serious effect on the cash flow. So you've provided us with a lot of information on the importance of keeping cows out of heat stress. And I'm curious why you're so passionate about this topic. <laughs> um, yeah, well, most of my adult life, I've been, I've been fortunate to work with cows and, and dairy men and women uh, in the dairy industry all over the world. And I've seen firsthand how, how heat stress affects the, the, the herd, but also how, on the other hand, treating a cow well and taking care of cow comfort uh, affects the overall cow health. Uh, longevity, uh, fertility, milk yield, and, and of course, the milk quality. We can see um, the number of farms declines worldwide all the time, and only those performing well will stay in business. Now, I believe our role at VSS Artics is first and foremost to support those dairy men and women to help them perform well, keep them in business, and support them to become more profitable. Secondly, milk is such an important resource. I believe the demand for milk will only increase. However, we need to make sure that we produce milk responsibly and look after the environment. And the best way to do this is to do more with less. Uh, to do more with less is only possible with excellent cow comfort, and to do more heat abatement with less is with high, highly efficient fans uh, through automation, uh, automatically switching on and off fans or ramping up and down, creating intelligent bands where we know at, at any given moment in place what's going on in the barn. That was wonderful. And we're now at the end of our conversation, Peter. Um, but before we wrap up, I would like to know what an animal-centered environment means to you. Yeah, good question. So what we at VS Artex, um are trying to accomplish is, is put emphasis on the cow rather than the barn. And we often refer to this as ACE, which stands for animal-centered environment. Now, throughout my career, too often I've seen barns, you know, where they have some fans, uh, which mostly point in the wrong direction. Some work, some won't. Uh, and a few, if any, effect on the cows laying down on the cubicles at all. Um, we should be aiming to have a completely automated, intelligent cow environment with the minimum chance for human interference and errors, with automated ventilation, soaking, lights, uh, curtains, you name it. So proper cow comfort and heat abatement tools are probably the best investment any dairy farmer can make to maintain a healthy herd and have outstanding yield and, and milk quality, uh, but one of the shortest, with one of the shortest ROIs um, you, you'll ever find on a farm. Uh, for example, lead lights for daylight saving 
have an ROI which is measured in weeks rather than months or years. Um, and this is true for both existing buildings and greenfield sites. Uh, and as I said before, and I'll say it again, cow comfort is not a luxury. It should be on the top of any barn or investment plan. We should remember where the milk is made, which is at the back of the barn, and not just focus on where the milk is extracted in the front of the barn. Thank you again, Peter, so much for your time and insights. I think we all learn more about the heat stress basics and strategies to put in place in our barns before it is too late. So thank you everyone who joined us and we will see you in our next episode. Thank you for joining us for another Dairy Intelligent episode. We hope you have found some suggestions to improve cow comfort on your farm or simply just learn something new. If you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast platform and let your friends know about us. We would love to have them listen and learn.